Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Game Day, Birds Not Balls. I am Micah Burgess, and I'm a bird doula here in Waco, Texas. And I have recently been uh, trying to answer some questions for people who, um, like, when they find out I'm a doula, they I get typical questions, right? Uh, what to bring for the birthing room? Um, you know, how do I get through transition? Um, do I have to be induced? How do I get labor started? And then I also get asked quite a bit about our birth plan. And so there are many, 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 many birth plans out there. I mean, you Google that and you're going to get hundreds of options. And so I, I don't want you guys to be overwhelmed by the birth plan. Um, you know, it. I like from women to be informed. I want you to know what your options are. And if it's your first baby, you don't know what you don't know. And so sometimes you just need a little guidance from someone like, okay, what, what, what are my options? Right? So everybody has rights. Okay. You, you, I, I want you to know that you hold all the cards and you get to decide what you want and don't want for your birth. Right. You, you, it's important. It's important to know that. And so this can help you in your research or as you're talking to people and you're, you know, putting together a birth plan, um, it's important to know that you really shouldn't have to fight for very much. Okay. You, you have rights and it's typically posted out in the four year hallway, whatever of the labor and delivery room, what all your rights are. So go check that out. I mean, you, you do have rights. Having said that, you're going to also get lots and lots of opinions from di different people about what they think is important, what they feel strongly about. And I just want to encourage you that you don't have to feel strongly about something just because someone else does. If, if, if you're not picky about or have a lot of thoughts concerning, you know, the different um, shots or meds that they give baby once baby's born, if that's fine with you, but you have a friend that this is like their soapbox, but you just don't feel strongly about it, that's okay. Don't feel like you have to. Don't feel like that has to be a part of your birth plan if you're totally fine with it. Does that make sense? So your birth plan is essentially, I mean, it, it is communicating to the birthing staff and your doula what, what you want, what you don't want. And, and it can be a great guide. It can be a great help. And oftentimes a childbirth education class is beneficial to really kind of 
expose all the many different things that you will potentially be faced with in terms of making decisions. So that, that can give you an idea too. But when you're looking at birth plans, um, you know, on the whole, it, it should be a reflection of your personality. If I was going to be honest, um, you know, you guys have heard of the different personality tests, right? Like the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs, there's the, you know, there's all kinds of out there. And so, you know, here's an example maybe of a type A Enneagram one ISTJ client in action. Um, I had this one client who interviewed me, she called me and, and she wasn't pregnant yet. And she hired me. And, and wasn't pregnant yet. So, I mean, that was kind of interesting because I couldn't really put it on my calendar because I didn't know when she was going to get pregnant. But she hired me, paid in full, the whole thing. And she knew exactly, exactly what she wanted uh, right away. I mean, she had been doing research, and so she was very confident in what she wanted. And so I received, um, she finally did get pregnant, and maybe she was still in her first trimester when I received a four-page birth plan by email. And on the first page, there was this chart and listed was pretty much every intervention or decision a woman could possibly make. It was color coded and it corresponded with page two, which went into more detail of what her understanding was of each item listed on page three. She then rated the importance of every decision that would be made. And on page four was an essay summarizing the whole birth. So I knew exactly what I would be getting with this client. And I honestly couldn't wait to work with her because she knew exactly what she wanted. She was super funny, very intelligent, um, engaged, and she absolutely kicked labor's butt. I mean, she was incredible. So you go, you ISTJ type A, E1. That was, you know, so it fit her, right? Her birth plan reflected who she is as a person and how she does life, okay? What about some of the more, I don't know, sensitive thinkers? Um, they're writing like a manuscript and it is explaining not only, you know, what they want, but why they want it. And the birth plan for them, it's usually very thorough and it contains like detailed experiences rather than like facts. Um, and so I had a client who hired me and this was her second birth and uh, she relayed some things that she had learned after her first birth experience. Uh, she wanted something completely different from her birth. And I mean, she was, wow, a really beautiful soul, um, big heart, um, super smart, um, had a sweet spirit about her. Um, and she put together her version of a birth plan, right? And it, again, it resembled her. And so she wrote down, her ideal birth. And she put it that way. I mean, she said, this is my ideal birth. And she says it's based on facts and experiences and her desires. Um, she was writing out her wishes and expectations concerning my role as her doula. Uh, she gave me several ways to promote positivity and care along with some phrases that I could use. Um, she commented on comfort measures, gave me about five or six options um, of things that she thought would be helpful. Uh, and she also gave some reasons why she did not want certain strategies to promote better results for her birth, why she did not want those. Because again, all of this was based on her first experience and then the research that she did after it. And then she also communicated her disappointments 
um, with the hospital staff that she had had the first go round and let me know that she would be more aggressive in communicating this go round. And I was like, awesome. And so these were just the topics. What I just mentioned that this was actually like 17 paragraphs of information. And so once again, I mean, like she should write a book. I mean, she's an excellent communicator, um, but it was, you know, based on her experiences and her being able to communicate very well what she wanted and what she did not want. Okay. And, and, and she communicated also that this was important to her, that it wasn't just, um, these facts. It wasn't just this hard, I don't know, you know, crossing T's dotting I's. This was more of a, I can't find another word besides experience. This was more of expressing herself. Yeah. That's what she was doing, expressing herself. And, and that's what I want you to do in that birth plan. Right. And then we have like the creative go with the flow type clients. And, um, you know, they're going to have maybe pictures attached to their birth plan, right? Maybe there's five things that are important to them. And, and it's not that they're so much married to this plan as they are. It's more important to them that each person that's going to be in attendance, that their understanding and their connection of this process for her. Um, she doesn't really typically want to rock the boat because um, their fear is that their wishes may not be relative or that when the time comes, it just won't matter. And so it's more difficult for them to put hardcore on paper what exactly they want and don't want because the truth is they may not really know. So here, here's an example. So induction and in, in addressing induction. And there's like this picture, right. Of what that looks like to, to be induced, like with the, the IV pump and you know, all that stuff. And so, you know, it might say, Hey, I'd like to avoid being induced. I've heard that Pitocin makes labor 10 times harder. But if I am 36, 36 weeks pregnant and I still haven't delivered, then I would like to revisit this conversation. Okay. Newsflash. 36 weeks pregnant does not warrant induction, right? I was like, oh, I don't know. I need to go back to the drawing board with this particular client. If she thinks that at 36 weeks, it's time to start talking about induction. No, 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 no. We, we still got a ways to go. Stay pregnant. Let that baby cook longer and you'll be glad. You'll be really glad that you waited. Uh, maybe they're talking about pain relief. And again, a picture of the different options that could be offered for pain relief. And maybe, you know, it says my goal is to avoid pain meds and an epidural. Of course, if I just can't do it anymore, then I'm not opposed to trying them. While I would prefer the nurses not to offer me any drugs, I don't consider myself like superwoman and I'm open to suggestions. All right, let me start with this. Trying to avoid pain medication, but being open to suggestions is like trying to avoid a cup of coffee in Starbucks while smelling each one of the flavors that are being served all day. You get it? Like, it's just too much of a temptation, you know, trying to avoid but open to suggestions. That's a that's not that may not get you through if you're super determined. And and that's what you may find is that you're not very determined to avoid the meds. You've just think that that is a good idea. And you're willing to try it. Also, there is no such thing as just trying, I've got air quotes, when it comes to pain medications. 
there's just denying them or, or partaking. You're not going to try. You're either getting injected <laughs> or you are going without. Those are your two options in terms of the pain medications. Uh, maybe this particular client is talking about positions. And, you know, there's 10 pictures of the different positions that she's included in her birth plan, right? And, you know, it's, I'd like for my body to decide what position to labor and deliver in. Um, having said that, I'm not a demanding person. So if you think something else would work better, then let me know. And now a word from our sponsors. Again, there's a lot of pictures on here. And, and one of the pictures, I remember this one client, one of the pictures was, so the, their, their partner is sitting in a chair and the laboring mom is sitting in their lap facing them. So they're face to face sitting in their lap. And then the partner's legs are, you know, kind of open so that her rear end can drop between the partner's legs. So her butt is dangling down to the floor. Okay. I've never done that position. That that's, that's just, that's kind of weird. Don't, don't be weird. We don't have to do, we don't have to do that. There's lots of positions that are going to be way, way, way more comfortable and just as effective as that one. If you've done that and it was successful, I'd love to hear. I, I'm, I mean, it's hard for me to envision that one. Um, then maybe she's going to be talking about the episiotomy. All right. Episiotomy, you guys, is when the caregiver, the, the OB or the midwife is actually going to cut in a spot on your perineum to help make more room for baby to come. This was a very common practice. Pretty much every mama had an, epi uh, an episiotomy, excuse me, every birth. Okay. These are not as common. Well, at least I'll speak in my area. They're just not. They just don't do them anymore. There's several reasons for that. One, women hate them. Uh, two is that they'll cut in one certain spot, but then the client may actually tear in a different spot. And, and so now there's two places to stitch up. And initially they thought that an episiotomy, because it's just a straight cut, they initially thought that that would be easier to sew up. But they have since found that a tear, it, it's no different. It, it's not any harder to sew up. So they, they really don't do these. They're not as common. But every once in a while, you might get a caregiver that thinks that it is necessary. Um, and so maybe in this particular birth plan for this client, okay, episiotomy, I do not want to be cut. I'm truly scared of this procedure. But if baby appears to be stuck, then I'm sure it'll be okay if you have to use this option. So you can hear how, wow, I do not want to be cut. But if it's necessary, then, you know, we'll just go for it, whatever. And so, again, this matches her personality. She, she probably in her life is not hardcore about things. She, she has an idea of what she wants, but ultimately she likes options. And it's okay if it's going to change later, right? She's just more free-flowing. Um, okay, lastly, Maybe we might have a client, uh, a woman who's looking into a birth plan and she's indecisive. This might be like an Enneagram nine or an INFP on the Myers-Briggs, right? So these sweethearts, they have a really hard time making a decision. Um, they do not want to be locked in. Talk about wanting options. Um, and they really, it's just all going to depend on how they're going to feel in that moment of their birth, right? And they are, they don't want to predict how they're going to feel. 
and and they just want to wait and see. And so a birth plan for them, I don't know, maybe it's not necessary, but if they did have one, it might be half a page. Maybe it's handwritten uh, or they submitted an outline. There's going to be some eraser marks and scratch outs or arrows drawn in a circle from here to there because they just can't nail it down right away. Um, and so, you know, Again, maybe a birth plan is not exactly what they need because they, they do want to kind of wait and see what it's going to be. I did have this client one time and she brought in her birth plan and it said, don't die. And I was like, yeah, that, that sums it up. Don't die. Let's do this, but let's come out with our lives on the other end, right? And this was just her being able to say, Look, I know there's lots of options, but at the end of the day, the most important thing to me is safety. And you know what? That's okay. That's good. I mean, a birth plan, again, is a guide and it can assist you. It can help, um, it can help you discover maybe some things that you didn't know that you wanted or that you don't want, right? And so, yes, I think a birth plan can be a good idea. We tend to um, encourage our clients with a more simple birth plan, not super, super detailed, because it's, it's going to be difficult maybe for that um, labor and delivery nurse or doctor to read a big, long um, birth plan. And we find, honestly, that, you know, our clients that are looking to have a natural childbirth and they're not wanting all those in- interventions, they basically want the same things. Um, the birth plan tends to look very similar. And so, yeah, we do have that kind of readily available for them. We go over all of that information in our client class of this is typically what our clients want. And for the most part, that that is what they get. And maybe it veers a little bit because they changed their mind or their birth um, didn't go exactly the way they thought it was going to go, but that's okay. Um, in creating a birth plan, remember that it is important if you do have strong feelings about something that you, that you know what you want and don't want and that you are communicating that. But then also be flexible that if, if your birth or your baby or your body is dictating a different outcome, that it's okay. It's okay. It didn't mean you failed because you veered from the birth plan. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you failed or that you're not strong enough. No, it doesn't mean that at all. Um, Very few of our clients just are super wishy-washy and just decide at the last minute, nah, change my mind. I don't want to do all this. Never mind. We, We just don't, our clients don't do that. I mean, they, they're prepared and they're ready to get to work and, and they know what they want to achieve. Um, but they also know that if things do shift, if things do change, that they can rely on us to help them mentally make that shift, emotionally support them, and and let's try plan B. And let's see if this actually works better than your birth plan A, right? And so please let us know. Um, if you have some additional questions about a birth plan or what to expect or what not to expect, we'd love to hear from you guys and we will go back and revisit this. If we get some more specific questions or some pushback (laughs) and, and maybe we can talk further about it. Um, but yeah, that's my answer. It's a long, that's a long answer. Most people who like just ask me on a whim. Hey, talk to me about birth plans. Um, You guys just got the long, detailed version. So if you've got someone in your life that is curious about that, then get them connected to this podcast episode and maybe they'll get something out of it. (laughs) 
Hey, thanks for joining me on Game Day Birds Not Balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at mydoulamica. You can also find me on wagodoula.com. Wagodoula is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on roguemedianetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.